Welcome to the Insurance House Podcast. Introducing your host, Mike Fusco. Our team enjoys speaking to risk management and insurance professionals across the country. We will bring our audience unique insights on all things insurance. We look forward to delivering excellent information to our audience. Whether you're an insurance professional, a client, a partner, or someone breaking into the industry, we're glad you joined, and we hope to bring the best content to you. This is the Insurance House Podcast. Enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Insurance House Podcast. We're live. What's up, Ray? Doing good, man. How you doing, man? Good, man. We got Ray and Dan K. We rhyme. That's right. Fustin' rhymes, dude. That's right. Glad to have Dan on today. What's up, Dan? Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, hey guys, this is uh, Dan Kolosowski. Did I sound that? Did I do that right? It's pretty good. That's good. Yeah, I'm like right it. on. I'm on the mark. <laughs> it's on that, that Polish name game. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, Ray and I are here on the insurance house. We have Dan Kolosowski with us. He's the regional vice president of Transamerica. Uh, busy guy, especially this time of the year. So we appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. I uh, just coming from North County, so I made it just in time. So yeah, talk about busy. It's been insane. So <laughs> yeah, man. So tell us a little bit about the uh, what's what's creating so much so much busy uh, time of the year for you, man. Is it more just people preparing for next year's tax tax savings or cow savers or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of different stuff. We always take a look at Q three, Q four is kind of the busy time. And uh, I think a lot of companies think their benefits, you know, their open enrollment season that 401k coincides with that. It's not the case, though. You can move 401k anytime. You don't have to move it as well. So it could it just stay exactly the same, right? So it's uh, um, kind of status quo. But uh, most companies kind of think they need to do something. So typically, we see a lot more activity during the, uh, this time of the year. We're seeing probably triple the amount of activity because of CalSavers. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, typically, that end of the year, because of benefits open enrollment, they they uh, tack on the 401k as a addition additional to that so cool nice dan yeah so i mean well uh, we we headed off with the cal saver so I mean, you're the expert man you're the guru on everything cal savers and uh, i guess for our audience what is cal savers what does it entail uh, what are our, what what do companies need to be aware of sure in regards to cal savers yeah so uh, uh a lot of states around um you know, on the, on the West Coast, but uh, there's there's 11 others around the country who have installed what they call a mandated re state-run retirement plan. So this is something that a company has to do, right? So they can't just say, no, I'm exempt and, you know, that's it. So uh, there's many other states out there uh, essentially mandating uh, an employer with at least five or more, at least that's in the state of California uh, and other states or maybe other requirements. But in the state of California, if you have five or more W-2 employees, you're required to do a retirement plan for your participants. Um, kind of low-key, I think the governments, uh, especially local governments, know there's shortfalls in Social Security. Uh, most, uh, most Americans aren't saving for retirement, so you have a shortfall on that. So you have, A, the average Social Security benefit being around $1,500 a month. Uh, most people, especially in the state of California, can't afford to live on $1,500 a month. So they're wondering, okay, what's the next step? Um, I think everyone's so focused on the next iPhone versus saving for retirement and actually like getting out of work. So um, they're trying to make some kind of change, right? So it's it's good intention. and um, But we have a solution to that because it's it's creating a lot of work for employers. They don't like mandates. They're seeing mandates in other parts of their business. I work with a lot of construction companies and 
you're dealing with mandates all around for different things. Um, a lot of restaurants too, again, they have to deal with health and all that other stuff. So, um, yeah, so I, I'll kind of go over a little bit at high level what CalSaver specifically is and how it's the same, you know, kind of across United States. So CalSaver is essentially setting up a state mandated IRA, so individual retirement arrangement. So a, a, a IRA stands for individual retirement arrangement um, for uh, any company that has at least five or more employees. So they actually the first mandate was um, uh, last year. So with businesses with 100 or more W-2 employees, they're mandated to do a retirement plan. You'd be surprised. People are like, oh, you know, 100 or more employers, uh, employees at, an, at a company, most likely they had a retirement plan. Uh, no, I mean, me, me and you have seen it. You know, yeah. companies over 100 people, we have seen um, zero retirement plan, right? They never had to think about it. It's um, amazing they, that they can attract and retain people without having that. But yeah. anyway, we'll go back to I, that. Sorry. No, I, I agree. Yeah, no, that's going to that's gonna be uh, definitely one of the topics of conversation is, yeah, well, now we're seeing such a competitive marketplace that it's almost like companies don't even care there was a mandate. They have to have something, right? And I mean, you guys are the experts on the benefit side. This is just that other that other piece on the side that, yeah, if they don't have it, they're going to go down the street to the next guy who does have it. Maybe the better match, maybe the better profit sharing, et cetera. So, um, so last year was was for companies with 100 or more employees. They have to do a retirement plan by June 30th. They actually pushed it to September because of COVID. Um, actually, that's the last time I'm going to mention that word. I'm going to just call it the situation for moving forward. Yeah, let's that's do okay it. With you. Yeah, exactly. I think we're all <laughs> sick of hearing that word. Just trying to forget about that. Uh, but because of that, they actually pushed the deadline. This year was 50 or more employees. Uh, next year, so this is going to be the final year, five or more employees at a company will have to be mandated to do it. So actually this year, I would say at least 70% of the startup plans that I'm working on actually have uh, between that five and 50. So they actually just want to get ahead of the deadline. They said, look, we've been wanting to do it anyways. You talked about the retention. They're like, look, we got to do something. We want to retain people. It's harder to find people. And we're actually making a lot of money. During this time, if you shift yeah. your business, these companies are making a ton of money. So they're looking at profit sharing. They're looking at cash balance plans. Um, so they're actually getting it ahead of the deadline. But um, so yeah, so those are the deadlines. And then what this IRA kind of entails is it's a mandated 5% contribution that an employer has to withhold from uh, an employee's account. They have to set that up with payroll. It's not automatic, right? They have to have some kind of integration. Um, and the investments or in their money, uh, it gets invested in the market. So typically there's a cash option. Once you have over $1,000 in that, then you can invest in anything that's out there. Um, so they have a couple different target date options. I believe like a single bond and a couple large cap options. And that's it's a very limited menu. I believe it's around seven total. So uh, mandated plan works exactly like an IRA. You could put in, um, like I said, the mandate is 5% right now. People can opt out. Employees don't have to do it. It's 100% voluntary. Um, but there, it's an opt out, not an opt in. Right. Right. So they actually have to make a make an election. Um, I guess just like benefits, do they have to make an election? If you don't make an election, you're not getting benefits. And you know, I don't know what the fine is at the end of the year, but I know a lot of, uh, I believe California fines if you don't have something in place. So um, very similar. If a, an employer ignores CalSavers and they say, "Look, we're not going to do it," it's two hundred and fifty dollars per employee. For non-compliance within 90 days, if you don't comply within 180 days, it actually goes to $500 per employee. Um, wow. So there are fines for businesses if they don't actually do this. So they're serious. They want to get people. Um, they they want to get people doing this. They want to get companies doing it. So the good thing is because it kind of is creating a burden on people. We're seeing that more folks are coming to guys like you. They're coming to me and they're saying, "Look, we don't know what to do. The state's telling us we got to do it. We have no idea. It's an 800 number." 
Um, yeah. and again, not, not to put down the program. I think the program's great. Um, it's just a lot of, um, a lot of self-service, right? They have so, to actually, you know, they have to go on there and do all that. So, so yeah. the program, so Cal State, is this similar to like California set up their own like program yeah. similar to the, what they did with the ACA? Uh, like with Cover California, is that pretty much? Yeah. And they're running yeah. it like the state. It's okay. So, yeah. it, so yeah. now you're dealing with the government. That's, that's the government. That same yeah. type of service that you don't get from them. And <laughs> uh, no, I'm being, let's be, let's call it real. Yeah. So are other states setting up their own programs just like this, or is it federal mandated and then they can set it up if they want to, or they, the feds can well, just oversee is, it? Well, this is being mandated by, at the state level. It's all at the state level. It's okay. state level. Everything's yep. state level. Yeah. Okay. So they, they're, they are looking at, so 11 states right now actually have it in place. The whole West Coast, by the way, has it in place. So um, here, uh, Oregon did it actually before. So Oregon was doing it. Washington State's doing it. And, there, and there's other ones out there. I know Massachusetts has their own thing. Uh, I believe state of Illinois and a few other ones. I know Oklahoma's getting something passed. Um, a lot of folks are thinking it was like a political thing. Like, oh, you know, I noticed like yeah. the West Coast states versus, you know, this is kind of across the board and and it really comes back to the shortfalls of retirement for Americans in general. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. there's so much consumerism and again, not to kind of go off topic, but a lot of folks just aren't saving for retirement. So we're not seeing yeah. it. Pensions are going away. So yeah. folks that worked at a, at a big institution, a union, something like that, they had a pension. Employees don't have that anymore, you know, right. and if they don't save in their 401k that they have now, they have nothing. And I would say about half the businesses open in the United States actually even have a 401k. So they're trying to make it where every business has at least something, some access um, to saving. Just as a side note, though, everybody that makes earned income has access to a retirement plan. It's called an IRA. So that this, right. is, kind of, this is kind of the issue that businesses are having. They're like, wait a minute. So we're mandated to, to, to do all the administration on this, to offer it to our employees to do the mandated 5% to, to hook it up with payroll, the administration, the tracking, they have to track eligibility, have yeah, to track employees. Of, yeah, but every of. single employee that makes money has access to an IRA already. So they're wondering, well, why are we mandated when employees already have access to it, a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA? So there's a little bit of controversy in that regard because they're like, well, if they could do it, why don't they just do it on the side? So this is just a push to get people to do it. Yeah. That, that's all it is. Um, the state, by the way, just as a side note, does make money on this. I believe there's about a five basis point um, revenue that they make on it. Um, oh, won't wow. talk too, too much in depth in fees, but it ranges anywhere from 80 basis points to about a hundred basis points. And within that is a mix of the administration cost a little bit to the state and then some of the investment cost as well. So oh, they yeah. do make a little bit off this. Um, and as of right now, uh, the last numbers I looked at in prep for this meeting, there's about $110 million already in that, in that plan. So you have to think about $110 million is a lot because these yeah. are all brand new plans. So yeah. it shows you a lot of people are, are saving. So Dan, so, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but I uh, want the audience to hear this. So if you have an owner doesn't have 401k now or retire any retirement option for that matter, um, and they're debating Cal savers, should I go traditional 401k? I mean, what are the pros and cons of each? Obviously, uh, what I'm hearing so far is that Cal savers is a lot of self-service. Isn't there self-service in the traditional 401k? I mean, what are the disadvantages to the owner, I guess? Yeah, they, I mean, they, they have a few options, right? So I'll kind of go over a few options sure. and then I'll go over pros and the cons, right? Yeah. So there, there are a few options. They could just go CalSavers and say, look, you know, we just want to do that. We have we, we don't have an advisor. We don't have guys like you. We don't have an advisor. Um, nobody to tell us what to do. We're just going to go with the state. The state's telling us what to do. Let's go there, right? So that's one option. Um, they can go a simple route. They could do a simple IRA and just start one of those. They could do a SEP IRA. 
They could do a profit sharing only plan. Um, those were originally were not uh, eligible and then they changed it and then they became eligible because at least employees have something. Um, but then I believe there's another thing in here and I'll have to confirm that, um, that you have to do some kind of DC plan, a defined contribution. You have to give employees the ability to save. Um, but I'm going to verify that because they've changed that a few times. Um, I know they've been updating um, some of the rules around that. So again, um, and then a traditional 401k plan, whether it has matching or not, it's totally optional. Whether it has profit sharing or not, totally optional. And then you can add a cash balance plan on top of it. So those are a few of the different options, right? Go to CalSavers, do a simple IRA, do a SEP or traditional 401k plan. So let me talk about pros and cons of each. Um, I'm not going to talk about pros and cons of simple SEPs or whatever. I'm just going to talk sure. strictly doing it on your own or doing it through the state. So the state, it's set up. It's done. It's pretty easy, right? You get a website yeah. on calsavers.com. Again, share it. You could share it with all the people watching, calsavers.com. Um, it shows you the details. It shows you how to get linked up. Um, talk to your payroll company, whoever you're linked up with. It could be any, any one of the you know, thousand payroll companies out there. Um, they'll help you with that integration. Um, many times they do charge for it. So that is the other issue that companies are having is that they actually have to now pay for a service that they didn't need to pay for before. Um, but it's essentially turnkey. And um, trying to think of what else is a benefit. Um, I mean, I guess it gets people to save, right? There's an auto enrollment feature. So they have to put in 5% out of their paycheck. Um, let me talk more about the cons because I, I feel like there's more negatives than, than positives. Again, sure. if you yeah. if an employee can just do an IRA, then they have specialists at a, you know, at a firm that can help them out with that. But if you go on your own retirement plan, you'll actually have specialists educating the participants or the employees about what the benefit is. The negative with cow savers is who's going out and doing the education. I still don't know. Actually, to this day, I still don't know who's doing the education. I know they have webinars, mm -hmm. but the webinars are actually just for the employer on how to set it up, on how to link it with payroll and all that. So they have an ongoing calendar, but there's really nothing for employees. So I know they have some basic stuff, but it's just a recorded webinar. That's it. And then they have an 800 yeah. number. And then good luck, right? So the positive is by doing it on your own, you get trusted advisors. You get companies that have been doing this forever. Uh, my company's been doing it forever. I've been in the business since 2006. So you're talking to a guy who that's all he knows is retirement and how to save. And we could sit with people one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, today, I was just up in North County in Vista. Uh, I was meeting with people. Um, they, they're mostly construction group, and they had no idea how to save. And these these are folks who, you know, in their in their forties, they had saved not one dime. Um, now imagine that leaving up to self service, they, they no. don't know what to do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Good. So so the positive is if they do it on their own and doing it with you know a firm like mine or you know whoever out there, it's more flexible. You actually get people to help, and I think that's the biggest thing. The other key is too, the state run plan. It works like a Roth IRA. So as you know, Roth IRAs have income limits. If I'm a business yeah. owner and I'm making over that, that, that limit, I can't contribute to my Roth IRA. Guess what? I can't contribute to the state as well. So me as a business owner, it's actually zero benefit. I have to do all the administration, the tracking, and I have to probably pay for some kind of payroll link, but I get none of the benefit. Whereas if I do a traditional plan on the outside, I can now put in my 19500 for 2021 or the, uh, the, they're actually raising it to 20500 next year. Now I can actually put money out of my paycheck and save in taxes. Now I can put a profit sharing. Maybe I have you know spouse on payroll or, or in my family. Uh, now I can put some some profit sharing for them as well. Match my match my uh, uh, people. Maybe I get bonuses out to employees. I could again profit sharing contribution. Put it as a uh, as that. So in in the in the cow savers plan, if I'm a business owner, I may not be able to contribute to it. Right? Not always. Um, they have to do the administration, tracking eligibility in their in their outside plan they can choose the features that they want and they could pay for the features that they want. 
So now here, here kind of goes about payment, right? CalSavers for the business owner does not cost a dime. What, okay, I was going to ask that. What the payment is, is the, is the asset charge, right, within their investment lineup. So technically, they're paying almost around 1%. But it's the time invested and in in, in whatever the payroll company would charge to do the link. Okay? So I'll, I'll do quick math, right? Bring up my phone really quick. Let's, let's do some math here. Say I have somebody who's going to be administering this on a weekly basis. Say uh, the construction company I just worked with today, they get paid weekly. Most most construction firms are weekly. Let's just say that person who's running payroll and, and doing all the benefits is getting paid $20, $20 an hour, right? Let's just say they just spend two hours a week. I'm just going to leave it at that, right? Because every payroll got to run it. So that's $40 a week. Let's just say times 52 weeks, that's $2,080 that they're now spending for that woman or, or, the, or the man at that office to administer this. Yep. Or you could just do it on your own and pay two grand. And if you do it on your own with the passing of the SECURE Act, you actually get a tax credit back by starting a new retirement plan. So you actually get $250 per non-highly compensated employee up to a max of five grand. So it's almost going to pay for itself if you do it on the outside. And you can have people who can actually sign the 5500 for you instead of you taking the liability. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. Again, Why do you think so many people enrolling in, in the Cal Savers? You said, what, $140 million? Uh, almost a, a little bit around 120 million of, of total assets. I don't know how many businesses that is, but I just saw the amount of assets that are in there. Just you think because it's easy, they, or people don't know, right? People don't know what they don't know. People don't, they don't know, know what their they don't options know. are. Yeah, Cal did a good job of marketing it, right? So if we're not out there marketing, I, I mean, I mean, even even me and you, when we have gone out and talked to folks, we always give people the option: Do you want to go Cal Service? Do you want to go on your own? Yeah. I haven't seen one person yet. And, and I'm dealing with, you know, hundreds of people throughout the year. I haven't seen one business owner yet that said, I want to go CalSavers. So yeah. I, I think a yeah. lot of it is just education. They just don't right. know that there's another option. Well, plus, because when you're in CalSavers, you're like, you, all the liability falls on the owner, the employer. You, know, you, yeah, don't, you don't have that hand holding. So you don't have that consultant. That yeah, let's talk about that, man, because I think that's really important. Right. You know, just more liability on a business owner. Like yeah. they don't have enough already. Yeah, exactly. You're basically because it, at the end of the day, what a lot what this what this means is essentially businesses who have never a lot of these have, have never had a full retirement program in place. Now you're asking them to be compliant and have this responsibility and you know on you owner if you don't if you're not you're not following the rules and that's a lot to ask for yeah. people who yeah. haven't done it before. There is a liability, right? Because if um... I mean, I'll give you an example of a plan that I closed up in North County uh, uh, a few years ago. They did not have an advisor. They're direct with the institution, right? There was nobody there. We showed the value of having somebody coming out, doing the meetings, doing the education, all that. But I asked them, who's doing the, uh, the education for the employees right now? Like, who's guiding them in? The, hu the human resource group, the benefits team said, we're doing it. <laughs> are you guys licensed? Are you all licensed? Are you insurance licensed or securities licensed? No, that is a massive liability. And I'll tell you why. If I'm a disgruntled employee, I lose money. Say, say the stock market goes down, right? Well, yeah, uh, you know, John or, or, you know, Jessica told me to go into this investment. They told me to save and I lost money. Super easy yeah. to, get, to get an ambulance chaser attorney out there and put litigation and that's it. And they, they have to pay whatever, you know, whatever insurance can cover on that. I would not want to be involved with that. I tell, I always tell the benefits team, look, uh, the basic questions here, here's the phone number to the institution that we have. So if it's Transamerica, whoever, right? Here's their 800 number. You talk to them. Put put the burden on us. We're the professionals. We're the ones who are going to work with that. So now with CalSavers, yes, there is an 800 number. How good is the help? I don't know. I already know they're understaffed in general. And most, most of the government organizations are, are, are understaffed right now. Um, 
what's that what's that liability going to be for them like you said if if who's doing the education is it the, is it the human resource rep is it the benefits team I, i'm not i'm not really sure so yeah and not just the education but what about making sure they're meeting their deadlines for enrolling people the deadlines the compliance the 5500 yeah Yep. So they, so with this, thankfully there is no 5,500 cause they're yeah. individual retirement accounts, but there's still the payroll oh. link. What, what about they, you know, you got the 5% auto enroll and you don't enroll them. Well, that, that, that's actually a liability in its own. We deal with yeah. that on the 401k side, late contributions, late deferrals. Um, we have to go back and retro retroactively take care of people. And if there is lost income, I mean, it, it opens up a whole, a whole, uh, box. Yeah, worms, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Perfect. Well, I mean, uh, like I said, we, we've uh, dealt with a lot of business owners and whatnot, and we've explained, tried to explain what CalSavers is, what the pros and cons are, obviously from a traditional standpoint, what traditional 401k means to them. But also what we've talked to a lot of owners about is some new uh, options in the market, which I guess uh, they're coined as these pooled employer options. Can you talk more about that, Dan? Yeah, so I think the the passing of the Secure Act actually lit a fire in in that space. So uh, my firm has been doing it for over twenty years, and we're actually the leaders in the space. Um, it's it's kind of back to a we're the first to start it, and we actually built the platform around um, grouping multiple companies in it, which is a good thing, right? Because when you take a look at um, cost and efficiencies and and kind of everything with what's happening in this market, the market moves so fast. Um, and if you don't keep pace, you just end up losing. So, for example, 20 years ago, there's over 100 different record keepers out there um, in the 401k space. Now, there, I mean, there's really like 20 or 30 uh, on a regular basis, probably closer to 10. But there's around 20 or 30 record keepers. So it went from 100 to, to about 30, 20 to 30 um, and kind of teeter totters. And then what's going to happen in the next five years? We've already yeah. seen in this last two years consolidation of, I think, five different companies. So um, what's happening is efficiency. So if companies aren't keeping up with it, that's a big, that's a big issue. Thankfully, my firm has kept up with that. We are the leaders, like I said, in multiple employer plans. So I'll kind of talk briefly about that and how it's going to help those companies that don't want to do cow savers and, and help them save money. So uh, passing a secure act, um, obviously you get the tax credit, but now before they actually allowed multiple employer plans. So plans of, of any commonality, plumber, lawyer, whatever, doesn't matter, could join a group plan that we set up. Then legislation came up and they said, look, you have to have some kind of commonality. You can't be a, you know, a, have a DJ company and a, you know, a law <laughs> group or whatever. You can't, you can't do that, right? You can't have multiple uh, commonalities. You have to have the same uh, group. So things change. So you have to have an association, right? Whether it was a chamber or a dental group or a, a mm. law group, a CPA group, you had to have a group. You have to have some kind of commonality. Um, we pivoted though, because we had, I mean, thousands of companies with all different backgrounds, all different industry codes. What did we do? We actually went to a, um, what we call the exchange. So this is something very, uh, it's kind of industry known now. Transamerica is known for the exchange. What the exchange did was to take all the, you know, kind of different companies out there and put them on a single plan, but treat them like a multiple employer plan, meaning you still get the same 316 services. We're still signing the 5,500. You still get the cost savings, all the administrative outsourcing that would be involved in a, in a multiple employer plan, you still get within this platform. So that's kind of been the evolution of the market and, and why are companies going this route versus kind of that single employer space? Um, a lot of it's just cost and efficiency. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing that most companies, they don't want to take on the risk anymore. A every yeah. company I bring up, do you want to go single employer? You could do it. You actually have more flexible lineup, a more in, um, a flexible investment lineup. 
they're like, look, to, to make an extra percent in the market, I don't even care about that. I rather I rather not put my name on that fifty five hundred. Yep. And, and not just that. How about the time they spend managing yep. the plan? It's the time. Yeah, it's administration. So like I said, I just did the math. That's just somebody making twenty bucks an hour. We know in the state of California, they're probably making more than that, right? If they're doing HR and they're doing benefits, they're probably making more than that. So if they're spending yeah. two grand on an employee to go administer the plan, now imagine, and that's probably a small plan, right? Like 10, 20 people. Now imagine companies that have the ones that we did this year who were startups, a couple hundred people. I did one this year was 1,500 people. Did not have a plan that qualified. They had a plan, but it wasn't a plan that qualified under CalSavers. Imagine the time it would take to do 1,500 employees. That's a lot. That's considerable. And then the GPAs are expensive, right? Yep, it's true. So you know, this is the this is the kind of uh, uh, this is really where the marketplace is going. It's going into the pooled employer plan. Yeah. I'm seeing blasting all over LinkedIn. This is where it's going. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's really just the outsource administration, outsource risk, and then yeah. the cause and effect. Well, because we're outsourcing everything and we're we're making it more efficient, the cost can be lower. Slowly, I think investments will be a little bit more flexible. I think that's where the uh, I guess if you want to talk about pros and cons, the cons is investments aren't as flexible because now you don't have a menu of 10,000 investments to choose from. You have to choose this 338 menu, which just for the viewers out there, 338 is just an indemnification on the process to choose the investments. But for most companies and business owners, they're like, look, somebody vetted it. I have, mm -hmm. I have, no, I have no idea about investments. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a 338 lineup. If, if we go under litigation, will you cover it? Well, yeah, that's the point of a 338 is to cover that. And we, we send them the lawsuit, right? They, they cover it because they have a benchmark in place. Um, so yeah, I'm seeing a more of a shift towards that pooled employer market. Um, and now the government's opening it, open it up. So they're, they're allowing more flexibility and that's where PEPs pooled employer plans are coming on. Yeah, I was going to ask, so, well, so PEPs, MEPs, exange, what's the difference? Why so much terminology around the same? Our industry just likes complication. We like complication. I don't know what the hell's going on here. So it's all the um, same yeah. thing though. Is it all the same uh, thing? In, in a, in a way. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk super high level on, mm. on kind of the difference. So multiple employer plans, there's some sponsoring entity. So if you have a PEO, I'll use, um, I won't name names, but there's a popular PEO in town, right? Um, they are the sponsor of the MEP. So you have to have some sponsoring entity. So let's just say it's, you know, the Dan K, the Dan K PEO. I'm actually this, the sponsor and all these companies that are under me will join this MEP, right? So they're going to join my pooled plan. Um, the, pr the pricing is great because now you have breakpoints. So a startup plan is going to be a lot cheaper in this MEP versus a startup going the, on the outside. But I am signing the 5,500. I am liable. Okay? okay. If you go exchange, it's individual 5,500s. So it's no longer kind of this pooled asset, but it's pooled asset, but in, in an individual way. But a TPA, a third-party administrator, does all the administration. They do the 316 work, meaning they 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 we outsource that yeah. that uh, administration compliance part. But then we also sign the 5500, so it feels like a MEP, but it's an individual contract. Okay, so that's the exchange. Pooled employer plans a little bit different. Pooled employer plan could be tied to like an advisor group. Okay. So say say I'm an advisor. I have 100 plans in the books. So I said, look. I want to move 50 that I think would be grouped up. I can set up a PEP for those 50 people, partner with a TPA that could be a pooled plan provider, sign the 55, and we don't need that commonality anymore. So I can have a, an advisor group that has attorneys, entertainment groups, construction, whatever, but have that pooled. So that's kind of the subtle differences between each one. I can have one where it has the commonality in a traditional MEP or in a PEO model. The, uh, professional employer organization. I can have the exchange model where it's individual, which sometimes allows more flexibility. 
because I could do different investment contracts for it. I could do uh, a lot of different things. I could do different comp. I could change things a little bit more. But then in a pooled employer plan um, would be something that uh, somebody already has a book of business and they kind of they kind of just sift it through there. So there's other advisor groups who are already doing it for um, and other companies of, of non-commonality can 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 join. Thanks for breaking it down, man. Yeah. yeah. So, and probably and, made it more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, now I, I understand better. But uh, at the end of the day, they also, from a, from a, uh, as a pro on whether exchange or multiple floor group or for that matter, a PEP, I mean, they're getting economies of scale pricing, right? When they're buying these or renting these funds per se. Yeah. And, and any one of these arrangements, they're going to get a, like you said, economies of scale and some are better than others, right? The more, the more money that's in there, the, you know, the better, um, you know, I see, I've seen some PEOs that are very, very big and they get very good pricing and some really don't. There's a very famous uh, PEO out there and I'm sure you could search, uh, you know, PEO lawsuit. It's going to be a one um, acronym that pops up there. I won't say the name, <laughs> but you could, you could do your own Google search. And they actually went under litigation for excessive fees because they may, and, and for whatever reason, there's a lot of, like I said, ambulance chaser uh, attorneys out there and they are looking for the biggest of the big because they know they have deep pockets. But some of these plans have actually been uh, penetrated and they've seen that, yeah, they haven't done a proper um, you know, fee adjustment on there. You know, they should get economies of scale, but you know, some, sometimes they don't. Um, and again, it's not always the lowest fee. It's looking at you know, value for the service. So if the uh, pooled plan is doing a lot of work, doing education meetings, making sure people are in there. They're sending communications out to participants and, you know, looking at rollovers, increasing deferrals, making sure people are in a, in a good investment strategy. If they're doing all that, I could justify the cost, but sometimes they're not really doing anything. It's very bare bones and it could be charging still, you know, maybe cheaper than a single employer plan, but, you know, it's it's still not there. But yeah, a, a big one that we know very well is being litigated right now. And uh, I'm not sure what's happened through there. I haven't seen an update on it yet, but, you know, the, the, those things happen. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Interesting. So Dan, tell us, you know, as we uh, wrap up here and again, thanks for your time, man. We know it's, yeah. it's busy for you. I'm never busy. I, for I you assume, guys. I assume <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's our audience and more employers out there that are kind of, you know, maybe procrastinated and are worried about having to set up retirement options for their employees. So what do you, what, what, what should they do? Where, where should they start? How do they get in touch with you? What kind of professionals should they look for? Uh, what do you uh, think they should do going forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a few different things, right? So we kind of have two companies of focus, right? Ones that have an existing plan and maybe ones that have, have had an existing plan. Maybe they started with a payroll company and it's just not doing that well, right? There's no oversight. The fees may be out of date. The industry, like I said, has changed from the last 20 years. We had over 100 different record keepers to now there's about 20. Look, in five years, there's going to be probably delete five from the list, right? So what that means is scale, technology has changed a lot and what have you. So if a company out there that has an existing plan and they haven't looked at the retirement plan in a while, have them reach out to you. That, that, that's my first step. Say, look, I haven't analyzed my plan in five years. I have no idea what my fees are. Frankly, most likely they can't find it. I'm working on a plan yeah. today. I just got a phone call. I, I figured it out. It's, it was buried in, buried in the language. They're paying almost 3% on a plan. I think that's insane. That's a lot. That's way too much money. Um, for my, mind you, 3% would be great if they had tremendous service and they had a lot of handholding, but they're, they're not getting that where they're at. So if you have an existing plan, the first step, talk to you guys. Um, you, know, you, you have the resources to do that benchmarking to make sure they're actually getting value for their dollar. And if they don't have a plan, they have two choices. They can go the CalSavers route. Um, or they can go the traditional route and choose their own on the outside. 
like I said, it really depends on their goal. If a business owner is like, look, I got real estate, I got crypto, I got gold, I got all, all sorts of stuff on the side, I care less about a $20,000 deduction. But then again, profit sharing next year, it's going to be, it's going to, uh, uh, the total limits inside a retirement plan are going to jump to 61,000. So technically they could dump in 61,000 in a plan. Um, if they have an accountant and they're saying, look, you got to do some kind of tax write-off, stop buying G-Wagons and yeah. stuff like that, actually put it to yourself for retirement, that could be a better option than CalSavers. Because like I said, CalSavers is not going to benefit an owner. A lot of it's going to be yeah. goals. So if you don't have a plan and you say, look, I don't need to save in this. Cal savers may actually be a good option for you, right? Just turnkey and you know it's whatever. But if you actually want to save something and you care about your employees, you care about having someone like me and you raid, you Michael coming out and actually doing education meetings, whether it's webinar or in person. I just did one in person today. Um, if you want that level of service, you want to probably go on your own. You get the tax credit anyways. Take advantage of the tax credit. It's actually good for three years. So you can apply for the tax credit for three years. Your plan's probably going to be paid for in the first first three years of, of its life. And, and by then you're going to hit a break point in three years. It's, it's going to be very, very minimal cost. So, Hey man, employees, this is great for your employees. This is great for your team to build your company, to build your, yeah. your culture. You know, you're, especially if you can contribute. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll, I'll give you one quick example. Um, I did a grocery store up in North County and, um, never had a plan before they had, uh, now three locations and they had, I think over 150 employees, but this was before Cal Savers. And, uh, and I asked everybody, Hey, do you guys know about, uh, 401k plans? He said, yeah, yeah, we do. We have friends that work at Sprouts and friends that work at, you know, the other, the other, the other yeah, ones down the street, they knew about it. They all knew about it. And, and you know what was happening? The owner come to me and he said, Dan, I'm losing people to those markets because yep. they did a very similar market. So who's their competition? It's not the, it's not the, uh, Kroger's of the world or what I keep seeing Kroger commercials and I've been here, but anyway, I keep seeing Kroger commercials, but the Kroger <laughs> chain, they're not going there. They all have retirement plans, by the way, but they're going to these small little markets. So he's like, I have to do something. I have to bring people to my grocery store to work and they're doing amazing. They just opened a new location very close to me. Um, and that plan is actually grew. It's over, I think two and a half, $3 million. Now it started from zero. And See, he should be making, proud of that, man. He should be proud of that. They're not making a lot of money. You know, these, these are folks, these, some are stock and shelves. Some are, you know, yeah. heads of the, you know, bakery. But they have futures, you know? Yeah. A couple percent out of their paycheck. That's all it is. Now it's got almost 3 million bucks in there. And now he can compete with the sprouts of the world and say, look, I have a benefits package. Yeah, I, I, I offer benefits and I offer a robust 401k plan where people actually talk to you. So that's awesome. Man. That's yeah. the deal. Awesome. Well, Ray, anything you want to finish up with? No, man. I think we covered everything that we needed to on this point. Unless there's something else on your mind, Dan. Dan anything you want to speak about before I, we I wrap could, it up? I, I could keep going. We're going to have to have a second podcast. All right. I want to, <laughs> I want to keep this keep this around 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. Anytime. You want to, you want to hop on. Where'd yeah, it go? Was, yeah, that was great value for our audience. For yeah, sure. that was awesome. Dan, thanks so much, man. I appreciate and, uh, it. Yeah, to our audience, again, you heard Dan. You heard what he had to say. If you have any questions, if you want us to connect you with them, you can reach out to Ray or myself. Call us here at the office, 858-384-1506. Shoot us an email at either Mike or Ray at foagency.com. And uh, yeah, man, hope you guys have a great rest of the November. Dan, happy holidays to you, man. Happy holidays. See everybody. See you soon. <laughs>